1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: 306 DGS, our friend, Attorney Brad Young joins us now. Hello, Brad. Dave, good afternoon. So, uh, boy, we can have you on every day at three. Um, (laughs) What do you want to talk about first? you want to talk about Mark Meadows? And uh, I understand he took the stand for a couple hours today trying to convince... The uh, federal court that this is where at least he should be in this case. Let's start 101. This really takes me back to law school about federalism Ah. and all this stuff and removing cases to federal court. Why is this better for Mark Meadows to be in federal court as opposed to in Georgia?
3: Well, I, I think it's much better for Trump to be, and Trump and Meadows and all the defendants to be in federal court for two primary reasons. First of all, you have to understand that this Fulton County State Court only pulls jurors from Fulton County. And Fulton County is predominantly a Democrat county. And the chances of Trump or his allies getting a favorable jury member is is slim to none. And so by going to federal court, You drastically broaden the area because it's a federal district, not a state district. So you broaden the area from which a jury pool is drawn. And so at this point, you would have people from red counties instead of just the bluest of blue counties of Fulton County, you're going to have some red county people who are going to be pulled into that jury pool. And remember, for criminal cases, it only takes one person to, to hang a jury, so to speak. So at that point, the the likelihood of him getting a at least a somewhat favorable jury goes up exponentially. And secondly, federal court does not allow cameras in the courtroom. Trump does not want this to be on the evening news every night. Of course, it will be, but they don't want video of this. Mm-hmm. So by going to federal court, no cameras, as opposed to state court in Fulton County, where there would be, you know, cameras galore on this case.
2: So, Brad, how is uh, Meadows and Trump's and everyone else's argument to remove it to federal court?
3: Well, I think it's a strong argument because essentially what their argument is this, is that any decision that was made in conjunction with the, the alleged attempt to overthrow the results of the election, All of that was done in the context of, for example, Mark Meadows. He was Trump's chief of staff at the time. So he was a federal employee involved in a federal election. So their argument is this should be in federal court, even though they would still be applying state law. I know it's complicated. I'm trying to make it simple. But it would be uh, their argument is since we're all federal employees here, including Trump himself, this should be in federal court because there is a federal issue here, not just a state
2: issue. Okay, let's talk about uh, Mar-a-Lago. Um, it really made me laugh. And I was telling Wheels. That as an attorney, as a trial attorney, the last thing you want is for the judge to think that you are a buffoon. And so (laughs) when uh, when Jack Smith said, I would like the trial to be whatever this, you know, I'd like it to be tomorrow. And Trump's people said, we'd like it to be spring of 2026. I said, I guarantee you, Trump made them say that because that is laughable. And it's pretty much what the judge did is laugh at them when they said, yeah, we're going to put it off for two years.
3: Well, yeah, Three but years. the judge, but the judge also laughed at the idea that that Jack Smith should have a trial, you know, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So the issue is, is when will it be set? I believe we're looking at. I, I think it's the Washington D.C. case that's set for March. March fourth. But yes. I would anticipate. Yeah, March 4th. But I would anticipate uh, in, in a lot of these cases where Trump's asking for, you know, 2050 for the trial date and the prosecution mm-hmm. wants it tomorrow, uh, you're going to be looking at a March, April, May timeframe for all of these trials. Now, when you when you back up to this RICO case uh, out of Fulton County, it becomes enormously complex when you've got 19 defendants who are all going to be filing various motions whether you get it removed to federal court, motions to dismiss. They're going to have all types of motions in lemonade to limit the kind of evidence that goes into court. Uh, That that all takes time. And so this rush to say, we want to go to trial tomorrow, it's just never going to happen. And I think it's a stretch to even get any of these cases to trial by March of next year. It's going to require uh, a lot of work to make this happen.
2: And, Brad, I understand we have a couple of very noteworthy new laws in the state of Missouri. We,
3: we do. And traditionally in Missouri, uh, August 28 is the date when all new laws go into effect. And we've got a couple of them today, uh, several, actually. One is no texting and driving, uh, not just texting, but even, even uh, you know using Spotify, changing the song, looking at maps, any of those things are now uh, against the law effective today now in the law it states that the cops can't enforce this until January 1 of 2025 and even then they can't pull you over for it uh, they can only cite you once you're pulled over for some other reason like you know speeding or something mm. uh, but but that is now a law and presumably cops will be writing uh, you know fake tickets warning tickets uh, if they see people messing with their phones while they're driving
2: so, Brad, is it as simple as you can't drive and hold a phone that is with, with inside of a police officer, basically?
3: That's it. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't require you to be texting. You could be, again, checking GPS, putting in an address, changing the tunes on Spotify, whatever it might be. You can't hold a phone while you're driving. Now, there are, there is a very large exception, and that is if you're stopped at a stop sign or a stoplight. You're allowed to use your phone. Now, how many times have we all been in this situation where you're behind, you know, some, uh, well, a word came to mind that I can't use, mm. but bes- behind somebody mm. who's stopped at a stoplight and they're there for like 30 seconds while they're checking their phone. Yeah. And you have to honk your horn. Yeah. Okay. As much as that is irritating, that will still be legal. Uh, even
2: under this new law what about a Kindle because Andrew likes to read a book when he drives
4: <laughs> yeah like it's, w- it's, it doesn't have a bright screen so it's not distracting
3: okay so your argument so your argument is is that uh, since it doesn't have a bright screen cops aren't as likely to see it no Boy, that's that, a, that's just, a stretch just
4: that it's not distracting if you're reading at night
2: Well get ready because you'll be his lawyer yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> okay. there you go. Well, well you know we'll five. Talk. I need 5k up front my friend. <laughs> Brad, how do we legally differentiate using your phone, whether it's a map or changing songs, from using a CD player when we had CD players or eating your lunch while you're in the car, drinking coffee? I got a slice of pizza over to my side. I mean, there are a lot of potential distractions. Um, I don't know why are those things not limited, but you can't change the music if it's on your phone. But you can play around with your satellite radio, for example, if that's on your dashboard.
3: From a policy standpoint, Wheels, it's exactly the same. It's identical from a policy standpoint. But the reality is there's not a push to ban these other things, but there is a push. In fact, 49 other states have already done this. Mm -hmm. We're one of the last two, and there was a push to make this illegal. And the other law that uh, hit today? Well, there's been a, a couple of them. One of the ones that's getting the most attention is this ban on transgender care for minors. That one, I promise she was going to be litigated. There's already been a lawsuit filed against it. Uh, the judge refused to issue a temporary restraining order. There's going to be a lot of litigation over that. Uh, transgender athletics, uh, Missouri athletes uh, in high school or younger, they have to participate in uh, with their birth gender in the in the sports that comply with their gender on their birth certificate that also I expect that will be litigated but one of the ones that should have been called the Charlie Brennan Act is that from starting it's going to be a phased in process but eventually dealers car dealers will be responsible for collecting the taxes When you buy a car, so we don't have temp tags that are two years expired Mm -hmm. driving around where people are just thumbing their nose at the government saying, hey, if you got a real license plate, you must be an idiot because I didn't have to pay my taxes and I'm still driving my car. Uh, That should have been called the Charlie Brennan Act. (laughs) Uh, That also goes into effect today.
2: Rach, you want to handle this one?
0: (laughs) No, I've... I've been to traffic court and I've paid for my sins.
4: So yeah. it's also a lot. <laughs> I'm street legal now. But that's also okay. a lot easier, too, right, Brad? I mean, that's how it was. I mean, I lived in the Chicago area, I've lived in other places, and it's a lot easier that way. And you can roll that into your payments rather than having to cut a check, right?
3: Well, sure. And, and that actually was the argument against it by saying, well, it, it made it harder for uh, poorer individuals to buy a car if they have to buy the if they have to pay the tax at the same time. So that was the argument for moving away from that. The problem is that people just didn't pay. Right. Yeah. And so so now this will remedy that situation by like you said, if you're buying a car and you're and you're buying it on payments, that tax will simply be rolled into the payments.
2: Brad, I don't want to get too into the weeds on this, but on the transgender surgeries, how specific do they get about what is allowed and not allowed? Well, it's it's
3: mainly based upon the age of the person, not the procedures that are being recommended. Now, it does cover things like puberty blockers or hormone therapy, anything related to gender transition. And there's a there is one loophole in that law as well, uh, Dave, and that is if someone's already on those. Uh, drugs Mm -hmm. or in the middle of that type of a procedure, then they must be allowed to continue it. But for new individuals who want to change gender and they're under the age of, I believe it's 18, then at that point, they don't have access to either the blockers, the hormone therapy or the surgeries.
2: So this is basically what Eric Schmidt was going for when he was attorney general, other than he was also trying to get uh, adults to fall under this. But, But this is basically what he wanted, right?
3: Yeah, except it, it applies to minors. Uh, it doesn't apply to adults. Now, I heard an argument over the weekend by a trans advocacy group saying that this would apply to uh, other than minors. I've looked into it. I don't really see how that works. But on the face of the law, it specifically applies to minors. Okay, very good. Thank you, Brad. We appreciate it. My pleasure.
2: 324 DGS. Let's do some audio. All right, let's start with yours, Dave. What's your Jesse Waters audio? Oh, you'll see. It's just. <laughs> it's just funny. It's him commenting on Donald Trump's uh, mugshot. Because, Judge, and I say this with a s- unblemished record of heterosexuality. He looks good. And and he looks hard. Huh. Mm. I think you just uh, blemished your heterosexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Jesse. Yeah, that was... Uh, hmm. Let's hear it again. Yeah. Because, Judge, and I say this with a... S- unblemished record of heterosexuality he looks good and and he looks
1: hard
4: oh
0: why did you have to say the second part
4: mm. also why did he feel the need to be like uh, yeah i'm totally straight mm-hmm. <laughs> like why can't you just say what you want to say
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's not gay to say that someone looks good i know
4: no. <laughs> yeah the, the... like that tells me about your insecurity is what it tells me yeah, the fact that you, when you qualify it before saying that, that's when you go like, hmm. yeah, like, oh, me thinks thou doth protest too much. <laughs> Mine is kind of a follow up to that. If you want to, okay, it. it's uh, somebody asked Biden if he had seen the mugshot. Have
2: Mr. you President, seen Donald Trump's mugshot yet, Mr. President? Are you worried
3: at all about, uh, about that? I, I did see it on television. What'd you think? Handsome guy, I, I,
0: wonderful guy. Handsome guy,
2: wonderful guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful
3: guy.
0: Biden's now, like, I think, I, I think I've met him before, and you know what? I think I liked him. <laughs> Stop
2: talking. Biden's heterosexuality must be blemished because he he didn't qualify that.
0: Did you guys see that Americans can agree on one thing, Democrats and Republicans alike? We all love the mud, mugshot. Republicans raised $7 million for Trump since the mugshot was released, and then Democrats are buying all sorts of merch and, you know... It's like the Republicans are using it as like a badge of honor. Look at this. This is my president. I'm going to post a a, a mockery of the mugshot of myself. And then Democrats are like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. I know
2: that we talk a lot about weird stuff that Trump says, but if he stops saying weird stuff, I'll stop talking about it. I promise. (laughs) But did you see the part where he said I had a mugshot? I'd never heard of a mugshot. They didn't talk about that at the Wharton School of Business. I can't I can no longer tell. Whether he's trying to be funny or if he really had never heard of a mugshot, it's like... Did he say it on stage? No. Uh, I don't know. I think it was in writing. But, like, who's, that ever, who's never heard of a mugshot? Did you ever watch Starsky and Hutch? I mean...
0: Did he mean, like, he had never heard that he would have to do it?
2: You, Andrew, can you find it? He yeah. just said, I'd, I'd never heard of a mugshot before. <laughs> he does say, oh. I'd,
4: I'd never heard about a mugshot <laughs> <What>? before. Which, <laughs> hmm. which, think about it. I had only- heard of those when I was like six you only right. know about it because of the you were told of the potential risks and of going to jail and one of them is that you have to get a mug shot and all this stuff. When you've never been faced with a consequence. You don't even know. I he's don't like, know. what is I mean,
0: I mean, has he ever watched TV? That's that that's why I'm like, I wonder if he was just thinking he didn't think he would ever have to do a it, mug shot because he was read the former president. Like he
2: had never heard the term. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> When you're shooting 67 in golf, you don't have yeah, time you know, to that's learn true. things
4: like mugshots. <laughs> when you're perfecting the art of golf, you definitely don't have time to figure out what a mugshot is. You're and again,
2: right. for the people who hate us because we don't like Trump, it's your guy saying this stuff. <laughs> I didn't say he weighed 215 pounds. I didn't say he shot 67 at 78 years old. I didn't say he'd never heard of a mugshot. I, I have the
0: audio here okay. if we want to oh. listen.
3: What was the experience like today in, in jail?
2: Terrible experience uh, I came in I was treated very nicely but no, it's, uh, it is what it is I took a mugshot which I never heard the words mugshot that wasn't didn't teach me that at the Wharton School of Finance and uh, I have to go through a process it's uh, election interference you know that better than anybody you, you never heard the word mugshot all right so
4: What percentage of Americans would you say have heard the term mugshot?
2: Everyone but him.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to
0: say like 100%. if you don't
4: know a common term like that, if you legitimately don't, you shouldn't be running for office. (laughs)
2: 336 DGS. Do we have a live look from Dave?
0: I don't believe so. He's traveling today after the Evolution Festival. Okay.
2: Well, it's nice weather. It's all you need to know. It's going to get hotter next week. So... Uh, headlines. Headlines is brought to you
0: by Schnucks. Reward yourself daily with the Schnucks Rewards app. Some schools are canceling class for heat day. It might not be be very hot here, but looking at last week and the temperatures coming up, schools in Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, and Ohio uh, have called heat days this month, getting off of class early or just canceling school entirely because it's so hot, because a lot of these schools don't have air conditioning. (sighs) I, I didn't have air conditioning at my school, and I remember in August a lot of times we would have a half day because it was so hot. But it's obviously I, I, we didn't a either. Hotter. We
2: would just uh, there were days that they would put the fan, mm-hmm. and if you were lucky enough to be somewhere near the fan, it was great. But if you were in the other corner, it's just like okay, <laughs> I can I can see my classmates looking cooler thirty feet away, but not helping.
0: Uh, speaking of temperatures, a new study looks at the ideal st- sleep temperature. Uh, because 35% of U.S. adults don't get enough sleep, and experts wanted to know why. So they published this study in the journal Science of the Total Environment. Sleep is most efficient and restful for older adults when the nighttime ambient temperatures range from 68 degrees to 77 degrees. <laughs> Dave's
4: like, oh, that's so hot. 68 degrees. <laughs> so hot. Now, the low end of that's fine. is fine.
0: I can do 77 if I have a fan on me.
4: I'd have to be a big fan blowing really fast. 70, 70. I'd be like sitting there sweating. I'd be like Amy. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> a new poll sees Donald Trump's lead slip after he skipped the debate last week. There was a six-point drop from the 66, 56% Trump had in Emerson's last poll from before the debate. So he was polling at 56%. Now he's polling at 50%. This is the lowest support to date for the former president in Emerson national polls. But I do wonder if that's just these other candidates got a little bump and got a little spotlight. Yeah. But in yeah, the scales generally seem to tip in the direction of Donald Trump.
4: What do you what do you guys think of just polling in general? Say the last ten years, because it feels like for a long time it was pretty much on the money, and then lately it just feels like it's not. Not that it's dead wrong, but it's not what it – how many times have we seen, like, exit polls saying this is what's happening and then that's not what's happening?
0: Well, we have seen many studies, so they're polling people on the polling, but um, showing that people are reluctant to answer their phone whenever it's a spam call, and that's going to be polling a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. People are paranoid and don't want to reveal their true political opinion to a pollster because they don't want to be put down on, you know, like, I don't want to be on this list or that list. They feel like they're being tricked or something. And then in general, people just, yeah, they just don't trust the polling system. So that all contributes to getting more and more inaccurate poll numbers over time. Mm -hmm. The No Labels Convention will be in April. Mm -hmm. Former Connecticut Senator Senator Joe Lieberman says that the political organization No No Labels, sorry, I can't read today, is scheduled to hold its nominated convention in Dallas in April of 2024.
2: We should go. I'm gonna to talk to Steve about going for real. That'd be fun. Yeah, be mm. interesting. Probably be the only people there. No <laughs> <Show> trip.
4: <laughs> I so badly want something else to emerge, but then I hear things like, Oh yeah, all these billionaires are the ones putting money behind this, and then they don't want anybody to know that they're doing it. Mm. Well, if it's a good thing, put your name on it. Right? Why why do we want to hide who's supporting us? Why mm. do you why do we want to keep if you think something's good. You should want to be a part of it. That makes me distrust people. I don't like that I distrust that because I want it to be good. Right? Because they said when who, – uh, who was the governor that we had? I'm forgetting McClory. his name. I thought it was a really good interview. I thought he had a lot of good things to say.
2: I don't think anything happens without billionaires.
4: And again, that's fine. But why do we have to do it where we're not selling anybody who's giving us money? Like I think if – I'll say this about Democrats, Republicans, I don't care – if you're giving big money to some group, you, it should be public knowledge. There's nothing wrong with anybody knowing if you're putting money into something. I don't know. I think a lot of billionaires are hesitant to like really open up about what they give money to and what they support. I mean, for example, look at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A donated money to some anti-gay or, or charities that hold anti-gay beliefs. And suddenly, you know, it, it well, I'm speaking specifically of politics, true. though. That's. I'm not talking about anything else. Everything else can be—I'm talking about getting involved in the political system. I mean, one of the people that's supposedly putting money into no labels is Harlan Crow. That's the guy that gave all the, the gifts to Clarence Thomas, Thomas. Thomas. And I don't care, but why is that—why Why? would you not want that known if you're him if you think this is a good idea?
2: One of the things I did appreciate about Trump was he was always very open about, I give money to everybody— yeah, because whoever yeah. wins, I want them to remember me and like me. So I give money to everybody. And I've never blamed him for that. If I huh. were if I were in that position, if I were a big businessman and had billions of dollars at risk, I would give money to everybody too. Didn't back in the day, didn't he give money to Hillary when she mm-hmm. was running
4: for Senate? I mean, I, I think that's probably the way most of them would do it, right? I, I mean, would I would imagine. That way you win either way. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, we've got another poll here, and it's showing that Biden is seen as too old for the presidency. Americans think he's just too old to be an effective president in a second term. Seventy seven percent of respondents say that he is too old for four more years. In contrast, about half of U.S. adults say Trump is too old for the office.
2: I don't take Reverend Al Sharpton very seriously for obvious reasons, Uh, but he said something today I thought was especially uh, dishonest. He was on CNN, probably MSNBC, because I think that's his station. And he was talking about how uh, conservatives say that Biden may not even be around to live out his entire second term. And he said, I, I think that's very cynical. I think it's, it's brutally honest. It's macabre to even have to think about. But I don't think saying that uh, someone may not live to 86 is cynical. No. That's you picked the wrong word, Reverend. Um, uh, it may be a little too honest. It may be impolite. It might be tasteless. might be tasteless. yeah, but but it's go talk to an insurance actuary and see how much insurance they'll give, Joe, right? I mean, it just is what it is do, do you guys uh, we why do we give a pass
4: on age? like we we all we all know that in a lot of jobs, if you get to a certain age, people are like, okay, like, I just saw this weekend. The How old do you guys think the oldest college football coach is? Mm,
0: 65.
4: 50. Yeah. He's 72, but there's there's two of them over 70. Mm-hmm. There's two in the NFL that are 70 or older. The rest are all 65 and younger. Uh, and a lot of them young younger, you know, in their 50s. Why, why do we realize that a football job is too much when you reach a certain age, but the president of the United States or a senator is not too much?
0: I think people just vote for names that they know. So the longer you've been doing it, the stronger of a chance you have of being reelected. I mean, I think that's why Joe Biden is president right now is because he was the vice president and everybody knew his name. And yeah, and he'd been around for a long time. Just
2: think about it this way as well, that every job has a job description and duties. And if he were some sort of president of the United States was some sort of creepy monster type being that sat in a cave on a throne of skulls and like just gave edicts like, okay, I guess you can be 86 and do that. But the president has typically been a jet setter and I'm flying to Israel and then I'm going to Turkey in the G7 and the G20 and there's an emergency. Now I'm going to New Orleans. and I'm going to go do this. I don't care who you are. At 80 to 86, that's tough. If it were your dad or your grandpa and they were trying to do that, you'd be like, man, settle down. Take it easy. And so if you can't meet the job description and that's a part of it. And with this
4: guy, they are clearly holding him back. He doesn't do press briefings. He doesn't take questions. He doesn't do a lot of the things that are to me, whether they're written into it or not, are part of the job. You need to answer to us. You need to take questions. And nobody that's a reporter sitting in that audience should be able to put you on your heels. No. You're the big bad person in the room. You're the boss. If somebody asks you something, you should be able to handle it. Boom. And I don't care if it's Obama or Trump or Biden. That is a part of the job. And if you have to be protected from that part of the job,
2: it's probably
4: time to stop.
2: I know I'm saying the obvious, but isn't it just insane that... One of the guys is under indictment looking at a thousand years in prison and the other guy very well could be like, you know, I I take so much crap for not liking Trump. I don't like Biden either. Mm. Like, I don't like the Biden family. I think they're dirty. I think that it's probably a situation that Joe is a very permissive, uh, unconditional love parent or maybe he was getting money. I mean, that could be it, too. But I am an overly uh, accommodating, unconditional love parent, and I see that in Joe, but to his detriment, because my kids thus far are wonderful. Maybe they'll turn into pieces of crap like Hunter, and maybe Nick or Phoebe will embarrass me with something. Who knows? Life's not over yet. But I would hope that I would have the... Intestinal fortitude to at least be honest with myself about it. There's no way you look at Hunter and, and over the last 10 years, much less the last two years, and go, he's done nothing wrong. You may say, I love my son regardless, as I've said, like, yeah, Nick could be a serial killer. I'm going to I'll go visit him. Right. But it makes you look foolish and unintelligent and out of touch. When you look at everything that we know about Hunter Biden, forget about what we don't know. What the, the the part of the the iceberg that's above the water makes you look foolish, Joe Biden. When you say he's done nothing wrong, you just look dumb. He's clearly done things wrong, and now it's looking more and more likely that Joe is in on it in some way. And these are the guys who are going to be running. It's just it's just insane.
4: Is it too cynical to just think that the whole thing is screwed up?
2: No, because I don't see any argument.
4: Could it, we make those same things for every senator, for everybody that's been around for I mean, I don't know. I'm not accusing cr- of crimes, but I my sense and why I don't have a team in all of this is I think all of it is jacked up.
2: I'll tell you this, I don't think you become a multimillionaire in 4 years by being honest. And that's what they all do. Kirsten Cinema came in with thirty-two thousand dollars. Now she has eleven million. Mm-hmm. I don't think you do that by being forthright. No. Well, we got twenty seconds here. We'll longer than that. All right, time enough to tell you guys to come out and see us at the Capitol Grill tomorrow evening, six p.m. to eight p.m. You can hang out in the bar with us. You can get the Glover Burger and a glass of Merlot for twenty-five bucks. You can get the 14 ounce bone in strip and a side, and the generous pour, which is your choice of seven orange swift wines. My personal favorite winemaker uh, for 35 bucks. uh, That's with the purchase of an entree, but all that tomorrow is just 70 bucks for the the meal and the wine and the whole bit. 314 725 0930. See you tomorrow night.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,